Hi guys, welcome to Let's Talk About Sex. I am Jamie and on today's episode I'm talking to the amazing Silva Neves about porn and masturbation addiction. I find it super interesting, I really hope you guys do too. And I'm also talking to Lucy about seeking good kisses on dating apps. Really interested to hear what you think about that one. And yeah, let us know what you think on the Instagram, on the Twitter, leave us a review, recommend a friend, all that good stuff. And yeah, hope you enjoy it. Love you. Bye. Hello, Silva. Hi, Jamie. You good? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Nice, good. Currently melting in a London heat wave, but we'll we'll gloss over that. Uh, (laughs) The quicker we end this, the quicker I can put my air conditioning back on. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I wanted to talk to you. Um, What is your What is your official job title? Give me the fancy one. (laughs) The fancy one. Uh, It's well, it's it's a bit long. It's a a psychosexual and relationship psychotherapist. There you go. Nice. So I thought you'd be the perfect person to talk to about um, the general world of um, porn uh, addiction, masturbation addiction, sex addiction, um, or as we are now, as I'm now trying to learn to call it, uh, compulsive sexual behavior disorder. Um, so yeah, let's, let's chat about that. You have a, a lot of clients in that kind of area, right? That's right. Yeah. So, um, I think the, I, the, the let's start with porn addiction cause it comes up quite a lot. Probably, I think it probably comes up more, at least what I've seen more than the others. Um, because I think views on porn are quite, you know, vary. There's a lot of variables when it comes to, you know, is, is porn okay? You know, there are people that obviously watch, watch it quite a lot. There are people, um, I would probably classify myself as someone who can't, or doesn't like to masturbate without porn. Um, and some people would see that as a problem. And then obviously like, you know, porn in relationships is a big, is a big, you know, sticking point for some people. So, um, yeah, how much, what, what are your kind of thoughts on, you know, people coming to you and saying they think they have a compulsive, you know, desire to watch porn? Um, yes, I think it's um, a lot of people struggle with it. And you're right that at the moment it's very much talked about because it's a very, very hot debate. Each time there, each time I write an article about pornography or somebody else does or somebody says something on social media, there's always a huge amount of arguments and debates about mm-hmm. it. So it's, it's out there a lot. And I think p- part of it is because people don't really understand it very much in a way that... Uh, a lot of people have very quick opinions and quick judgments about it, but not yeah. not really reading all the research that's behind it. Mm. And so, um, so it's very easy. It's a very emotive subject. Definitely, and because yeah. and because of that, then a lot of people will come to see me and say, oh, "I've got porn addiction, or I've got compulsive uh, sexual behavior with porn." And it, in fact, most of the time, uh, they just feel shame about it. Mm. And they feel shame about it because they read a book that says it's bad or their partner says it's bad or uh, society says it's bad. And then they feel like, oh my gosh, I'm watching like, you know, two hours of porn a day. I must be an addict. It's right. wrong. I should be able to live without it. Yeah. And, um, and it creates a lot of conflicts in people's lives. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so how, yeah, what do you think about that? If someone came to you and said, I watch two hours of porn a day and I can't help but, not, but watch it. Like, where do you go from there? 
Well, uh, I just really explore it as much as possible because yeah. there's no there's no um, research or there's no science that has a, uh, a threshold about on how many hours is healthy compared to how many hours is unhealthy. In right. fact, in the whole of the sexology, there is no uh, normal or abnormal. It's really about what is functional in people's life and what is not. Mm. So, and it's the same with pornography. And I think as soon as you start to have a very strong emotion about it, you might not be very good to work with your clients. So you have to quite, uh, uh, you have to stay as neutral as possible is mm. basically what I'm trying to say here. Right. For, you know, for me personally, but also professionally, I'm really quite neutral about pornography. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's good. It's just is. And yeah. what, what porn is, is basically adult entertainment. Okay. And, but a lot of people don't use it for that. People, some people use it for sex education because they are curious about it and they don't have any sex education elsewhere. So they use porn for sex education yeah. and that creates problems because porn is not education, never wanted to be, never, is never going to be sex education. Yeah. Um, it's also so, never really displayed itself as that as well. Well, yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just a, an entertainment business. Yeah. yeah. Um, so but people do watch porn to find out some information about what to do with their sex life. And so when yeah. they see, you know, penises that are always hard and you know 10 inches long and yeah. penetration that lasts for 30 minutes then they mm -hmm. might think oh gosh i'm never going to achieve that so i'm bad and yeah that creates um you know sexual anxiety same with people thinking oh vulvas should be hairless and you know people yeah. should be like this you know? so all of that stuff is is obviously negative but it's not porn that causes that it's it's uh, you know no sex education in the first place that is the problem i, I think yeah okay um, a lot of people actually struggle with um, conflict between what they think they should do and what the erotic mind is like. So mm. for some people, uh, they really find porn really quite titillating for one reason or another. We don't know. It could be fantasies. It could be um, that there are some things they can access on porn that can't be done in real life. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, in 2019, Pornhub, you know, Pornhub released every year the, the stats about their yeah. users. Yeah. And in 2019, the second top search was alien. Right? Yeah. So, and what it shows is that people are, are not, that sometimes they want to go into fantasy places. Yeah. Um, to, for porn. And it has nothing to do with, um, you know, fencing or not fencing their partners. And, but a lot of partners feel threatened by their, you know, their boyfriend or husband watching porn. It's usually that's usually the gender bias. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, and, and so then, the person watching porn think, oh gosh, well, my partner doesn't like it and I can't stop it. It means there's something wrong with me. Mm. But often it's a conflict between between the two. And, you know, if people understood it, that um, watching porn does not negate uh, you fencing your partner or you wanting yeah. to have sex with your partner, I think it's, it's important because uh, most of the time it really doesn't, but people yeah. think it does. Mm. Um, and sometimes it can be a window to to fantasy fantasy mind, like engaging with your fantasies, which is uh, also very healthy. Sometimes it's not unhealthy and it's not bad. So the only problem, really, apart from the shame that people come, is um, problem because people think, well, it's causing me sexual dif uh, sexual dysfunction. Like I can't have an erection with my partner, but I can have an erection with porn. Right. And, and often people think it's because of porn, 
Mm. But it's not really. It's just that porn is a solo activity. So when you have a solo activity, you don't have anxiety about being a good, a good sex, a good lover right, yeah. to your partner. So of course you're going to have a better, a better erection. But if you have anxiety about being a good lover and your partner is right in front of you and you're naked in front of them, uh, then then you might have er- erection problems. Yeah, that's really interesting. Actually, it's a good. I never thought about that. Yes, so a lot of people mistake it. They think I've got an erection problems because of porn, but actually yeah. the reason why they like porn better is because there's no anxiety with porn. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, yeah. no one to disappoint when you watch porn. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So the real issue, the real issue is not about stopping porn. The real issue is about let's figure out how to be less anxious having sex with, with a partner, which is a very, very common psychosexual presentation. Mm. Okay. So would you say then, you know, if someone potentially feels like they're watching too much porn, it could be a sign that they maybe have, you know, are having issues elsewhere in their sex life. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That's interesting. Yeah. That weren't necessarily, yeah, triggered by porn. Because yeah, a lot of people, you know, potentially listening to this would think that, you know, porn is quite damaging. I know in the world of relationships, it comes up quite a lot. You know, they, they people, yeah, like, as you, as you mentioned, people think that their partner's watching porn is a replacement for them having sex with them, which, um, yeah, at least in my experience, definitely isn't the case. It's just a different kind of sex, you know, it's just sex exactly. with yourself, as you say. It's yeah. a different kind of sex, different sexual experience, completely different. Yeah, for sure. So that kind of leads into, um, masturbation, uh, compulsive masturbation, I guess. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Have you had much experience with people coming to you for that? Yeah, and usually masturbation and porn go together. So often yeah, when sure. people say, yeah. you know, I have a porn issue, they also say, well, actually I masturbate to it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but some people do have, uh, um, they come to me because they say they have uh, compulsive masturbation without porn. They just masturbate a lot of the time, yeah. you know. Uh, so yes, people with, with masturbation, compulsive masturbation, they often feel like they, they, they feel compelled to masturbate most of the time at each opportunities, thinking off to the toilet at lunchtime to masturbate and so on. So um, first I want to say masturbation and orgasm, ejaculating and orgasm are healthy behaviors. They are not, um, they're not causing any problems. In mm. fact, it's the opposite. Sometimes the, the, the chemicals, the natural chemicals that the brains release at the time of orgasm are feel good chemicals and they actually are anti, anti-stress, anti-anxiety, mm. anti-cancer even, and they can, so they can even help you live longer. And Oh, I'm going to live till I'm 200. So I think so you are. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's, there's literally nothing that, um, that is negative about that in itself. Yeah. And that's the um, thing as well. So quickly. So what you're saying as well, if people have heard the other episode that you're in is that they're not addictive either. Right. They're not addictive. No, you you yeah. cannot get addicted to those uh, brain, chemi- brain chemicals because they are naturally, uh, the brain can naturally sustain them. Mm. And nobody has ever been addicted to orgasm and nobody has, has ever died of orgasm overdose. Mm. So that's Good not, that, that's not, yes. So it's not possible. So that in itself is not a problem. And I think it's important because there is out there a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, misinformation about masturbation being bad or 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 um abstinence from ma- masturbation and orgasm is a good thing for you somehow and it's actually the opposite so um so that's important for people to know but it is true that some people will uh use masturbation um on a in an out of control way for some people and if that happens to you you have to think that it's not the masturbation and the orgasm that's the problem the problem is what is the underlying disturbances that gets you to do that? Because what a good masturbation can be a good soothing coping mechanism. 
And there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong to soothe yourself uh, with masturbation. If mm. you have a very hard, stressful day and you decide to masturbate to relax, that's totally fine and completely mm. healthy. But if you do it multiple times a day because you need to soothe yourself multiple times a day and you don't know what it is, you know, it's not like you're saying, I'm going to masturbate because I've had a very bad meeting with my boss. <clears throat> then you know. Then you can make a right. link, then okay. it's fine. Yeah. But if you think, I have, I feel like I have to masturbate multiple, multiple times a day and I don't know why, mm. that's when the issue is. It's, a, it's the lack of awareness. And so then you have to ask the question, what is this underlying chronic disturbance that, that gets you to need to soothe so often? Yeah, that's interesting. And it's not the masturbation itself, right? It's not, yeah, you're not, you don't feel the need to masturbate. You're feeling the need to soothe yourself and get these chemicals. Exactly. Mm. Yes. And so then you have to think, and sometimes it's not clear cut because sometimes it can be underlying, uh, you know, be uh, below quite a few different layers. And, and so if you don't, if you really can't find out for yourself what it might be, it's when it's good to see a professional that is, that has knowledge in contemporary sexology to really help you dig uh, and peel those layers and really find the underlying disturbance, the actual core disturbance that is chronic. Uh, mm. and, then, and then you work with that and then you try to soothe that underlying chronic disturbance in another way. And then, and then your masturbation um, behaviors become more functional with the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's super interesting. So that, yeah, that kind of tying it into my experiences, um, you know, they, now you're kind of telling me about how you know sex it's sex in itself and masturbation and orgasms in, in themselves aren't addictive um there are you know if you're if you feel like if you feel compelled to do them there are underlying issues right and that, that's exactly what what my experience of sex addiction was it was um you know it wasn't i was addicted to sex i was a you know well i wasn't addicted but i felt com compelled to get this kind of validation through sex right and that was what mine was and mine came from kind of insecurities and I had to do loads of work on that so yeah I ended up making most of my progress through not through addiction therapy but through just you know other means you know talking therapy about my issues and why I was seeking that out so it wasn't the sex itself that was an addictive thing um yeah god damn I wasn't ready to agree with you <laughs> I was ready for a fight, Silver. I was like, no, <laughs> sex addiction is real. But I actually agree with everything you're saying. Yeah, it makes total sense. Well, well I, I think it's fantastic when, when you identify as a sex addict, but when you listen to explanations of, of how it might be working or, or, or what, what might be the actual issue, and it makes sense to you because you can relate to it, then that's great, right? Mm, it doesn't yeah. mean that you have to change how you identify yourself with or how you identify the problem. You use the language that you want. Yeah. But, but the fact that what I'm saying makes sense to you and you can relate to it, that's, that's the most important. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah I guess the, the point you're making and you know, in your book as well, your book is for clinicians, right? So you're basically trying to push the point that addiction therapy isn't what's needed for um, compulsive sexual behavior disorder. You know, it's, it's a different thing. Um, and that makes complete sense in the clinical world. And if me shouting about, you know, being a sex addict helps people in our world, you know, away from the aren't, you know, professionals, it helps them seek professional help. That works too, right? So Absolutely. Uh, we're both exactly. fighting for the same thing. <laughs> yeah, we're both fighting for the same things, which is to to bring awareness and to help people. And yeah. and with that awareness, you know, what, what I bring is is that, you know, if you have a problem with that, you know, just make sure that you know, you know that you have choices. It's not just a trusted choice. Yeah, there's plenty mm. of choices and there are plenty of ways that you can um, sort out uh, your problem or resolve your problems without an addiction treatment. Like you say, you know, old-fashioned psychotherapy works yeah yeah i've been there <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. Hello, everyone. It's me, Jamie, and I've got an important announcement to make. All right. This podcast is now sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, anyone who's been listening to the podcast for the last however long it's been knows that I've been shouting about this company for years, since day one. One of our first episodes was a counseling session with me and my counselor from BetterHelp. um, And I've been on it for years now probably like coming up to like four years i think maybe five years i've been on it um getting counseling um on a weekly basis and i love it um and yeah it's really it's really nice it's a bit like tinder for therapists you, you put in like your problems <laughs> the things that you want to talk to someone about and then it comes up with all these different counselors who um specialize in that area and you can kind of read a little bio and like read their reviews and stuff and pick which ones for you that's really cool i've gone through like probably probably about 14 counselors in my time on better help for me living in london especially um i think it's the same for like most major cities out there therapy in-person therapy is really expensive um this gives you that but you know at the kind of whenever you want to do it it's all online and you can do like you know video voice or text chat um and it's way cheaper than seeing someone in person so um yeah it's actual proper like therapy uh online securely online um, yeah, I send messages at all at all points in, in the day and night. Um, it's pretty good for that. You can also um, mark them as urgent, which is quite nice. I think a lot of people, when they think about online counselling, they kind of think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, it's like a bit distanced. Like you're not completely like fully in touch with your counsellor. But um, I think, you know, with it being online, you're more in touch with them and you can mark messages as urgent if you want like a, a quicker response. So... They are sponsoring this podcast now, which is cool, which means we have a discount link. Um, you get 10% off if you go to betterhelp.com forward slash. Let's talk about sex, Jamie. There's a link in the bio. And yeah, love you. Bye. Hey, Jamie. Hey, Lucy. That was really seductive. Nice. That's good. This is what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about something that was on your uh, Hinge profile. Mm when we met that kind of grabbed my attention because um, I think it's really interesting because people don't really talk about this anymore I feel like this was something that people used to talk about a lot when we were kids and we all grew out of it but you have a part in your app on your bio that is you basically saying that you need to find someone who's a really good kisser <laughs> and we've, we've previously spoken about how that's your like green light or not for someone mm. which I think is really interesting because that sounds like something that people do at school yeah, uh, <laughs> we go out I am a child. <laughs> so, what what do you think that is? Is do you think it's like something deeper happening there, or do you think kissing is just really just your jam? Well, in a way, I kind of I, that's a sort of laughing at myself type thing of being like, uh, I do actually really want a fucking good kisser, but, <laughs> but really, that's why I put the but really part because it's that kind of thing where so many answers on there are. I mean, obviously, we all know what like the various cliches um of what well just like of hinge prompt yeah. answers and they get so boring walking i suppose walking on the beach walking i like beach, going for drinks harry potter <laughs> um i'm competitive about everything actually i don't know because it'll be different for girls than it is for guys but oh well, my god yeah. oh my god i cannot <laughs> cannot tell you what some guys put as their yeah. answers um my favorite one is um Never play me at Monopoly. That is... What? People love putting that. Never play me at Monopoly? Yeah. What, as in she's saying, because she's, I'll... She'll win, win, or she's competitive, or I don't know. Or she cheats, I don't know. That is lame. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <pretty> lame. 
<laughs> as a board game enthusiast as a board game enthusiast I feel that's really lame yeah no I yeah. feel that's also lame and really cringe and I would never <laughs> put anything like that yeah. though to be fair my like simple pleasures of like fast cars which I also like I do like a fast automobile that's pretty I like that's pretty, yeah. vehicles fast <laughs> fast <laughs> fast engines um, and like seaside arcades and like yeah. oversized jumpers which is actually all true oh yeah that is on your like, I forgot all of, that. That, all of that is true and sarcasm which is you know yeah um, okay so you've got a good mixture of like I have a great mixture and, and quite a lot of basic you've yes good, yeah. such a basic bitch but like yeah. a, but like niche basic <laughs> um, yeah but yeah the good the good kissing thing I think that's when I went through this period of just being like fuck this like I know what I want. I'm just going to put this because I do actually mean it. Yeah. So um, did you have a run of bad kisses or something? I've had so many. Yeah. I can't even tell you. And you... Um, yeah, I guess... Because I basically... I In sort of January or from January, the kind of... The longest standing from Hinge related thing I've had, I suppose, was like five dates with this yeah. guy. And I honestly don't know why it got to five. He's, he's a really nice guy. He was fun... He was funny, um, which I guess... I mean, my... my <laughs> I don't know, we're going to start talking about types, but he wasn't massively, like, my type, like, looks-wise. Mm-hmm. But we just got on really well. It was really easy. Um, and it was by, like, the third date where we had a little peck. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, okay, fine. So next time, we'll... We'll it, find it will out. Be, yeah, and I will find out, because I think I've had so many... Also, third date for a peck, that is... No, I know. That's old school. I know. Well done. I know. Bravo. But I didn't want it to... I mean, I move far faster than that yeah. in in general. Um, but yeah, I've had enough decent kisses that have just blown my mind mm. to know that that's actually something that I do in a long-term relationship. I mean, it's not like just... My, I have a lot no, of things. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's so important to me and it's it's actually so important that... that guys actually just enjoy doing it and can maybe it is because I am a 16 year old girl um (laughs) I'm not but like um I need to do ID checks on these things yeah but like just enjoy like a makeout session like it's just there's something really there's something really nice and wholesome about that so nice and I I because you know I love watching people kissing as well Mm. not in the way that it turns me on watching other people kiss but I just love it because I think it's I don't know, it's just such a sort of dreamy thing when it's done right. And I hate the fact that, I mean, I don't really know how I feel about marriage. I don't really, I don't want to get married. Okay. Um, but having, I think, a long-term partner is like the best thing ever. Yeah. But I hate the idea, maybe it's because of a lot, a lot of what like film and TV and whatever shows us is that passionate kissing just is a thing that becomes not a thing. What do you mean? Um, as in not, you know when, like, I don't know, if you see, like, middle-aged people kiss, I don't know what they do in the bedroom, but right. it's all kind of, like, it's it's not as passionate as, like, two 18-year-olds okay. necking each other in yeah. the club. And I love the fucking necking yeah. in the club. Like, okay. I just... I just do. So, long story short, um, I kind of put that as a kind of lol thing. Mm. But actually was like, this is actually quite an important, important thing to me. Slash, I was kind of trying to give the impression that... I actually just want fun and yeah, I quite like yeah. quite like to have sex with the right people yeah, yeah. right now. And it's quite that's quite tame. It's not as oh, yeah. intense as you, but I really respect you know, like we've said before, but I've I really respected your answers. But it's been so interesting 
how many guys have like responded to that prompt with like the emoji that's like the guy putting their hand yeah, up or yeah. like has something to say about it or has said like why have you experienced loads of bad ones recently or like oh I'm due a checkup but like I I reckon I'm pretty good and the weird thing about that is is that I look at those answers and go oh god sake <laughs> like I almost cringe at them I, yeah. I think because I'm like well where do we go from here now because yeah. you've basically instigated that we should that we should meet to figure that to figure that out for you <laughs> um, and now but I also find that really boring because I'm like yeah. something else has to grab me I think it's um, intelligent conversation okay. um, as well but yes it turns it massively turns me on so it is yeah. so important and, yeah, but yeah. everyone is different and yeah well I think it's interesting that they, they pick up on that on your profile because it's quite a it's quite a big in, I think. It's quite an open mm. kind of... It's an easy thing to respond to when you're trying to flirt, basically. That's interesting. Um, and it's really... It, it's actually quite funny that you find the... What I think are the obvious answers to that mm. to that prompt as really boring. Because you're kind of asking for that response, right? Which is... But that feels like quite a good so. thing. Because maybe you're going to filter out the people that are actually interesting, right? Yeah. Anyone that sends you a generic response like that, you can just be like, disregard. Yeah. See you later. No, no, you're right. And I think when... The, the more and more people started it became like the most popular thing and I was like this is really interesting I wonder if I if I changed my other things mm. to be more <clears throat> like yours I suppose like quite forward forward-ish forward yeah um, what would happen or would that get a different crop of people because I've also noticed in my like <laughs> list of chats that never went anywhere <laughs> just like looking like back through some of them and notice some guys changing their main profile image to like a picture of like a mirror pic of right. their abs or whatever uh, okay, yeah. and now I recognise that as being like you want to fuck yeah whereas before I was very much like what a fucking narcissist I know I'm a narcissist I know I'm like I am a vain bitch have a lot of you know things that I'm insecure about but at the same time I can really own own myself own my body maybe it's because of my job I have to do it anyway yeah. but like I am really confident about certain things um, but it, it was amazing that I had that in a way that epiphany of being like oh okay this is how you can do it if you want if this is what you want you can just sort of like play the game a bit more I'm not saying like I would put on a you know like I don't know half naked picture of me but like yeah. I enjoy taking news as much as the, like the next person or yeah. whatever um, but yeah now I would like look at those profiles and be like okay this is a potential yeah rather than someone who actually wants to date and that's fine if you want to date but like I don't know maybe I'm just not not in that frame of mind you're just, you're just right now right now yeah so yeah so I guess that's what comes across as like kind of a cute like mm. I just want a good kiss there and it kind of makes me think of like being in school it's actually just, it's quite like a subtle kind of abs in mirror shot for you I suppose so mm. but I think I think enough people have got it enough people have like read that but it's they're not necessarily people that I would want anything yeah. to do with which is well, it's an interesting fine. filter it's an interesting filter and, like, yeah. my, my friend has um She's got uh, something like "Let's watch Lord of the Rings together," or, oh. or "Tell me your favorite Lord of the Rings film," or something like that on her Hinge profile. Mm. And at first, she was like, "This is great" because she's attracting like other nerds that are into yeah, it, yeah. and like she loved it. But she, they have something in common; they talk about it, or whatever. 
Um, and then after a while, she realised that that was all they were applying to, and it was just people, guys, just being like, "Oh, let's watch Lord of the Rings. Let's let's watch this." Mm. So now she can't. She's left it on there, but she uses it as a filter of let. She wants the guys to be a bit yeah. more original, yeah. or something else, yeah. and kind of it's almost a test for them to ignore that. And like you know, if if they if they talk about something mm. else and there's a bit of conversation, and then they bring up the Lord of the Rings thing, she's like, "Cool, we have something in common." But he didn't use it as like an in. Totally agree. Totally agree. Really interesting. Because that, in a way, going back to this guy that I was um, telling you about before, I think I liked one of his pictures, which, and I, I love cinematography. I love, like, when people have, you know, interesting photos, like, you know, like you did it as well. They're just interesting lighting. Like, there's, I can tell someone's, maybe their interest slash their vibe, like, yeah. quite <clears throat> quickly. Um, and I feel like you know when someone is sexually confident without having to, like, be really not like be really direct about it but like, like yeah be like kind of open yeah, yeah you just know and i i completely agree with that i completely agree with the fact that actually if someone can like bypass something that's quite forward then i feel like you're already on the same the same page yeah. but it's good but it's kind of again like everyone i suppose everyone's attracted to like different things but sex is so psychological for me yeah and i think probably for everyone that someone can have so much sex appeal that has nothing to do with what they look like. Mm. It's like the way that they speak or what they say yeah, yeah. or how they conduct themselves in a conversation or all of that, I just find fascinating and really like, yeah, gets me in a completely different way. So the ki- yeah, kissing can be great, but like <clears throat> a kiss I think is only really good if you have do have some connection with someone. Yeah. Um, Oh, this like terrible kiss at Glastonbury, which I, I thought the guy was like quite cute. It took me ages to like get him over. We were in um, <laughs> this is like in a lot of detail, but like it was just it was just not good. And I was like, oh no, oh no, <laughs> oh no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it w- it wouldn't have been good anyway. Like I think regardless of of connection. So maybe I'm because like contradicting myself. I guess it's a good it's a good um, indicator of some things though. I guess like I've definitely like I I pursued a girl for ages who was like super hot completely my type mm. so into it finally like got a chance <laughs> uh, she kissed me and it was like a washing machine oh. like, it was horrible I felt like I'd like been, had a checkup at the dentist or something like it was it was. I felt horrible afterwards <laughs> oh, I was like ah oh, like just ruined everything that's a shame like, yeah, yeah and she was, she was amazing I was like oh, such an anti-climax sorry yeah but yeah I think maybe just being aware of that is probably quite a good time saver. Yeah, no, it's true. Oh, yeah, oh, my God, I didn't even finish that story about the oh, guy, the, the, the pecking guy. So, like, by the time the fourth date came around or whatever it was and we kissed properly, I was like, oh, my God. Why have I only now realised that I do not want to get into bed with you? I do not have any sexual really? chemistry was with you. Bad? Yeah. Oh, no. So it ruined the whole thing. Mm. But then, But then I, I kind of saw everything with new eyes. That's and I was like, so I'm not actually... I was... I guess I was attracted to the, just the fact that, like... I found it found it easy to spend time with him. It was mm. far more of like friend vibes than anything else, which so, is perfectly fine. But like, I mean, actually, this is another question. Can because I think it is true. A kiss can be amazing, but then the sex isn't, and the other way around. Mm. Maybe not the other. I don't think I've experienced the other way around. You tell me. You're the you're the kiss pro. <laughs> I can't say I've actually like analysed the kiss for years. I don't You're think. Not? No, I don't think. Well, you don't you you do it without thinking. Yeah. Like, like at the end of the day, it's a completely natural thing. Um, but I think because I enjoy doing it so much, there are time or situations where I'm like, 
I'm gonna seek it out because yeah. actually I just want to feel good or I want to just, oh, just feel anything. yeah <laughs> help just me just feel anything help me I just want to feel something <laughs> such a sociopath slash <laughs> psychopath that I need some feelings yeah um yeah that's that's really interesting I think you're going to make me a lot more conscious of like no, but I don't. Now. But I don't want you to be. But it's it's it is whatever floats your boat, I guess. Like That's people are turned on to so many different things. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and maybe kissing just has fallen off the radar a bit for me since I've grown up a bit. Wait, not grown up <laughs> since I've gotten older. Um, but now you've said it, I think I'm going to be like more aware of like how a kiss is going, which is interesting. Because mm-hmm. I'm honestly right now I'm trying to think back to the last few kisses I've had, and I can't really recall much about mm-hmm. them. Um, but yeah. I just I, I think it just said to me anyway it says so much about sexual chemistry yeah, and connection and I think I mean as we all know like <clears throat> like so so like foreplay has to be good so mm. foreplay, and it has to be right to like get I guess get me in the zone and kissing is so much of a of a part of that it's like this I don't know, it's just, I just really love it. <laughs> so, in, yeah, so I guess, like, but I don't go around being like... Kiss me. Yeah, <laughs> kiss me, but also, sorry, that was shit, actually, and now I'm and like, you're, you're, in, you're in, like, the black book. <laughs> um, I just mean that if it's something, if, it's just like with anything, though, if you enjoy something a lot, then you'll kind of know, but then when it is right, it's kind of magical. Yeah. And it's just nice. And I wrote, I wrote, I write a lot of poems yeah. about all sorts of stuff, but um, I quite enjoy yeah writing poems about sex or sexual encounters and mm-hmm. yeah, actually one one poem I wrote was about this kiss that I had and just the fact that it made me forget about everything yeah. else, made me forget about how I probably should have lost weight this week or whatever like all of those things and it kind of just like flowed out of me in this way that I was like okay this is interesting but yeah I guess that's what it that's what it does for me so it is a deal breaker and it is um, it is it is that important that I put it on my fucking hinge profile (laughs) Um, yeah oh okay well I'm glad someone's still like you know excited I'm so old school yeah it's good such a 16 year old all right that's all we have time for today thank you so much for listening it really really means a lot to me that you have got out your way to come and listen to me talk to people about their sex stories <laughs> um if you like what we're doing go check us a follow on let's talk about sex jamie on instagram uh tell your friends about us leave a review on itunes all that stuff that people with podcasts say at the end basically um yeah it really means a lot that you listen and hope to see you next week love you bye <laughs>